Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. The weekly wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker together with Timothy Go and Chua Tian Tian. Time to take a look at the headline that's caught everyone's attention the past few days. Mm-hmm. Singapore Transport Minister S. Iswaran assisting the CPIB with an investigation into a case uncovered by the agency. Well, he also has been instructed by the Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong to take leave of absence where he will remain in Singapore. This is the first probe involving a cabinet minister in almost four decades. You would also heard in the news, the latest development this morning involving tycoon Ong Beng Singh, better known as the man who brought the Formula One Grand Prix to Singapore, being issued a notice of arrest in relation to this probe. So we're going to talk how this affects the government, the potential aftermath as well. And on the line with us is Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law, Singapore Management University. Prof, uh, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Uh, good afternoon, Alex. Good, good afternoon, Tim. Good afternoon, sir. So this news that came out this week, the first cabinet minister to face the most serious graft probe, and how important that is, a probe, an investigation since 1986. Um, what do you make of this? Well, I think it's, it's the news of the week. And certainly, you know, it has got uh, Singaporeans talking because we are looking here at a government it has prided itself in clean governance, in incorruptibility. And so given that um, you know, corruption is uncommon, uh, particularly at, at the highest political levels, mm-hmm. uh, this case has certainly sparked a lot of interest. And certainly there are questions about what more could be done you know, to ensure um, you know, that this ethos of incorruptibility is seared into uh, Singapore's uh, governance DNA. So I think we still don't have much information, yeah. uh, but we can certainly be sure, um, you know, there will be a lot of interest in this particular case. Mm. And, and we'll probably expect there to not be much info until the investigation to the case is completed. It does involve CPIB after all. Uh, but give us an understanding or help us to understand, Prof, uh, the difference between this probe, I mean, and the secrecy behind it versus uh, the most recent uh, Rhinot Road review. I think that's certainly a pertinent question, um, you know, I mean, because, you know, these are two probes by uh, Singapore's anti-corruption watchdog, the yeah. CPIB, um, you know, and so Singaporeans are wondering, you know, why is there that difference in treatment? And I think the difference in treatment can be explained uh, simply that, you know, in the current case, uh, you know, where Transport Minister Warren is assisting in the investigation, um, you know, preliminary investigation, you know, has suggested that, crimes could have been committed. And so, you know, in order not to prejudice the investigations, it would be necessary where the PM is concerned, uh, Prime Minister Lee, um, you know, to put uh, Mr. Iswaran, you know, on a leave of absence. Um, you know, whereas in the Rideout Road cases, um, you know, they were really bare allegations, you know, of uh, conflict of interest. And I think the Prime Minister, in directing the CPIB to look into whether any crimes have been committed, was really exercising out of uh, extreme prudence, um, you know, to be very clear that, you know, the two ministers involved, uh, Minister Shamugam and Minister Vivian Balakrishnan, you know, that there were no wrongdoing. So I think, you know, the difference lies in what has been uncovered. Uh, and in order not to affect further investigations, you know, I, I think it is necessary where the authorities are concerned, you know, to have Mr. Warren be put on a leave of absence. 
Well, having said that, will this investigation, no matter what the outcome may be, how will it affect uh, Mr. Iswaran's standing in the political scene here in Singapore? You know, Tim, I think any investigation of this nature, right, where we heard this morning billionaire Ong Bing Singh, you know, has been put on notice of arrest, um, you know, that there seems to be significant momentum in this particular case, um, you know, and with Mr. Iswaran being put on leave of absence, with the Prime Minister's office indicating that he would have no access to government resources and, and is prohibited from entering government buildings, uh, I think it does, you know, it does, it would affect, um, you know, his standing, uh, regardless of, you know, the outcome, you know, of the investigations, um, you know, so, so we don't know what the outcome would be. And of course, we will know that in the fullness of time, you know, but one would say that, you know, given that he has been put on leave of absence, I think, you know, the, the evidence, you know, that the CPIB has uncovered so far doesn't look uh, very good. Now, he, he may still not be charged with any crime. Mm. You know, but but I think that this questions of whether he he would have made significant errors of judgment. But I think it's important that we should not get ahead of ourselves. You know, you know, because everyone is innocent until proven guilty. You know, but I think you know, Tim, your, your question really is that you know, given this case, you know, does it cast a shadow, you know, over his political future? And, and I think the short answer is yes. You know, because there will be concern about whether you know his involvement in this case. You know, uh, how would that affect? Um, you know, his ability to lead, his electability, given that, you know, he is the anchor minister for uh, West Coast GRC, which in the last general election, you know, faced a very stiff competition from um, PSP. Prof, before I ask my question, I do want to state, disclaimer, that some of it may be a point of speculation, but you can't help but read what's in the news. And as news readers, you can't help but try and piece one and two and three together. Mr. Ong Singh has been issued a notice of arrest. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is different with what's been issued to Mr. S. Iswaran, who news reports say he's assisting with the investigation. And just to add on to Tim's question early on, does this then cast a shadow on the MTI? And I'm only asking that because of the relationship there. Well, I don't think it casts any shadow on um, the Ministry of Trade and Industry, MTR, right? was, mm. was that what you mentioned? Yes, yes. I mean, it, it would appear that, you know, the matter uh, that is being under investigation yeah. could relate to, you know, the Formula way. One yeah. Grand Prix, yeah. right? Mm. Um, you know, but we don't know what other things, or if there are any other things to begin with, okay. you know, the investigation might uncover. But I think it does raise questions about whether, you know, there may have been decisions that have been made mm. in favor, let's say, of uh, Mr. Ong, you know, with regard to the, the F1 Grand Prix and, and whether there has been some sort of inducement, mm. um, you know, but, but I would say that, you know, for, for that decision to be taken by a decision maker, but we are still in the very early days, sure, um, sure. you know, but certainly, you know, the, the fact that Mr. Ong has been called up for investigation and has been given a notice of arrest, mm. that certainly has, uh, you know, got people, you know, trying to connect the dots, mm. um, you know, but, but I think mm. it would be premature to say, you know, what the matter is about, right. uh, you know, what precisely it is about. I mean, we, we probably could sense that, you know, it may have something to do with F1 or, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but let's not forget, you know, Mr. Ong does have quite varied business interests, you know, mm. in, in the hotel sector, yeah. in food and beverage, you know, so again, as usual, you know, given the 
the fact that investigations are still ongoing, um, you know, we need to be mindful not to get ahead of ourselves. Fair enough, fair enough. Definitely. So I guess what we can talk about is how, you know, continuing on, on our topic earlier, how this affects the whole political atmosphere in Singapore. Let's take into account that the West Coast GRC, if I remember correctly, was also won by the PAP team uh, with a very small margin. How will this affect the whole party, do you think? Well, I think, you know, given that uh, Mr. Warren, you know, is the anchor minister, I think that there will be a need to, for the PAP to reassess whether he should contest another election. Um, you know, and, and as we discussed earlier, you know, you know given that there's, there's this cloud, even if you were to be cleared, it is likely that, you know, that there will have to be changes, you know, to the lineup, um, you know, in West Coast GRC. And given, you know, that the PSP has talked about, you know, the ruling party, you know, as a party that that has not kept to its high standards, this particular message, you know, could resonate with voters in that constituency, you know, as well as in other parts of Singapore. You know, and the PSP team in West Coast, you know, was led by uh, Dr. Tan Ching Bok, you know, a former PAP uh, veteran MP. Um, you know, so, so I, I would say that the fact that, um, you know, you have a minister, you know, being implicated, you know, does uh, raise questions as to whether the PP has kept to its high standards and and whether you know more checks and balances you know would be needed and and certainly you know uh, having uh, more opposition MPs you know could be argued you know by opposition parties that this is one way of ensuring that um, you know the PAP is kept on its toes you know so uh, I, I think it does raise the political signature of uh, West Coast GRC you know given that it was very um, narrowly won. Um, you know, I think in previous elections, you know, the PAP team had won by very comfortable margins. Mm. Um, so this is something which will keep, um, you know, the PAP leaders, um, you know, making sure that, you know, the ground is attended to while Mr. Warren is away on leave of absence. Sure. Uh, but they will have to address, you know, the larger point about can they continue, you know, to instill trust and confidence you know, that the party is still equal to the task of governing, uh, you know, in a way that people has, have come to expect and demand of the party. Okay. I mean, it's, it's quite obvious to look at it from that point of view. But, Professor, if you don't mind, a different point of view. What if this spins differently in the sense that you're talking about, as we head into potentially the next general election in, say, 2025, potentially... What if we're looking at a generation, the millennials, who value things like accountability, especially accountability? And if this is handled well enough, whatever the outcome may be, as long as accountability is being shown, could that then build a different kind of confidence in the PAP? Oh, Elliot, I, I think you're, you're definitely um, you know, correct to raise that particular point. Um, you know, and I would say that you know, it's not just uh, you know, the millennials or, you know, or the Gen Zs, you know, but certainly you know, every Singaporean values the importance of clean governance, mm -hmm. um, you know, good governance, you know, incorruptibility. And so, you know, when you look at this particular case, you know, it does raise questions, you know, yeah, although, yeah, of, of course, course, you know, we must remember that, you know, corruption at the highest level is, is actually very rare. Our discussion started with the fact that, you know, the last time the most serious probe, you know, was undertaken, you know, was in 1986. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I think, you know, given that, you know, we have Singaporeans, you know, being concerned, you know, about the quality of governance, you know, it becomes imperative, you know, for the PAP, you know, to do what it can, you know, to ensure that 
they are able to maintain that high level of trust and confidence. And if they are unable to, you know, then I think that could potentially be, you know, reflected in the election outcomes. Mm. Well, the million dollar question, I guess, Eugene, (laughs) is what kind of impact will this cause in the succession plans within the PAP? I personally don't see how it would impact in any significant way. While Mr. S. Warren is identified as being part of the 4G uh, leadership, you know, I, I think when something like this happens, mm-hmm. it affects the entire political leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of you know whether you are the third generation, you know, which is PM Lee's generation, or whether you are fourth generation, which is DPM Lee's yeah. uh, generation, you know. But I think it does, of course, you know, raise a question of of whether you know, the high standards are being maintained, you know, being continued from one generation of leadership to another. And I would also say that, you know, given that this has happened, um, you know, the, the question of, you know, whether that there will be a need for more accountability, mm. greater scrutiny, mm. um, you know, of elected officials, yeah. uh, you know, in light of, you know, recent happenings, you know, such as the parliament's debate, um, you know, which cleared, uh, you know, the two ministers, uh, with regard to rentals of, yeah. of bungalows, you know, I, I think it would raise questions, um, you know, about whether more checks and balances are needed. And, and yeah. so it's really for the PAP government, you know, to show that what has happened is really a, a rare exception, you okay. know, but by and large, the system is working well. Mm. And, but that they will, of course, you know, endeavor to make more significant improvements. You know, I don't think it's possible to get a scenario of uh, zero corruption. Mm. But I think it is very necessary, you know, to keep it to as low as possible and certainly, right, not at the highest levels, right? And, and, of, and of course, this will raise questions about concerns about ministerial salaries and, you, you know, and, and how all that plays into, you know, susceptibility of individuals, you know, to corrupt motives. And more things for us to discuss, so... Don't lose our number, Professor. <laughs> We've been speaking with Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law, Singapore Management University. Thank you so much for your time. Take care and have a great weekend ahead. You too. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.